Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with my wonderful wife, Michelle. Oh, you're so sweet. Hi, everybody. So good to have you with us. Once again, we are recording this episode on Sunday, November 18th, 2018, Mickey Mouse's birthday, ladies and gentlemen. Party. So happy to uh, be celebrating a little bit today for in honor of Mickey, uh, 90 years old today. He doesn't look a day older. And every time I see him, he just never ages. I know. He's amazing. He's amazing. So uh, we, if you, if you uh, haven't listened to this show for a while, we did celebrate Mickey's birthday a, a few weeks back. If you want to go back to some of our episodes, we had a special Mickey Mouse tribute episode where we went through a bunch of uh, trivia and right. stories about Mickey Mouse. And that was a good one. And we, we will touch a little bit more on Mickey today, but I uh, just wanted to get out there. A very happy birthday to the leader of the club that's made for you and me. Oh, yeah. And Minnie Mouse, too. And Minnie, too. <laughs> Minnie right. kind of, yeah, it's, it's raising, you know, Minnie actually a lot of times gets to step out to the front of this, but this is the one time she kind of steps back and lets Mickey take all the glory. On right, right. And so, yeah, we're so excited. It's Mickey's birthday, and it's going to be a great podcast about that. And then we have some partying we're going to be doing tonight, too. Yes, we are going to have a little fun tonight. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Uh, we appreciate you found us today. In the future, you can find us on 1057 Mac. Max.com under the Max Plus tab, as well as on the Max FM app. You can also find us, and even better yet, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you subscribe to us, great news. Whenever we do a podcast, like last week we did one a day early, whenever it comes out, you don't need to search for us. We will come right to your phone or device, however you listen to us. They'll get a little announcement. You can find us easily, and you'll know when we have a new show each time. And uh, we also love hearing from you. We want this to be an interactive show. We we believe it is an interactive show. We've had lots of comments from you. We had lots of great input on last week's music right. segment, Disney Songs uh, podcast. And so we love hearing from you. Uh, please contact us or follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And you can always email us at HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com. Right. And, you know, we really, really appreciate people sending us great ideas, sharing some of their ideas. And obviously, we want to give everybody credit for that. But uh, we especially feel really warm by all the wonderful comments that we've been getting. So thank you, everybody. We really appreciate that. And again, we want to make this show something that you enjoy. So please, if you have other ideas or suggestions or even criticisms, we're here to listen to that and try to make adjustments so it's a wonderful podcast. We actually got a lot of input this week on topics going forward. They like our uh, Five Favorite Things series, and they especially like the Five Favorite Music Things, and so uh, we will be doing breaking down music into much many more categories coming up, and we have a few other things that we have in the works, so eventually we will be hitting a lot of other topics that some of our listeners out there, our Hyperion adventurers, have sent us, and we're looking forward to hitting all those. Right, and make sure you have a voice in this, too. So as we're giving out what the topics are, we really want to hear from you so we can give you credit for some of your ideas as definitely, well. Definitely, definitely. No matter what it is, whether it's uh, a critique of our show, if you want to tell us what we could do better, if you want to tell us we're doing great, we appreciate that, especially uh, if you have any tips, if you have a story you'd like us to cover or talk about or just don't think we've covered, we'd be happy to do that. Whatever you want, we give you full credit, and we just love hearing from you, even if you just want to say hi. We just love hearing from all you Hyperion adventurers. Uh, you guys are great, great people. We love you all. Right. 
And in the words of the Mickey Mouse Club, now on with the show. On with the show. Lots of stuff for you today, including a recap of Michelle's visit to the Walt Disney World Resort just this last week. That's why we recorded a day earlier. We are going to give our spoiler-free review of Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. And there is a ton, a ton of Parks news that just came out, including details about Galaxy's Edge. The new Star Wars-themed hotel, which is coming to uh, the Walt Disney World Resort, and hotel might not actually be the correct term for it. We'll discuss that as well, as well as the space restaurant that's coming to Epcot. But before we get to all that stuff, we lost a great in the industry this last week. Uh, Of course, uh, Stan Lee passed away early in the week. And I know I was heartbroken when uh, I heard the news. Absolutely. And, you know, he was uh, really quite an, an interesting person, a genius. And I really love the statement that Bob Iger, chairman and CEO of the Walt Disney Company, said that Stan Lee was as extraordinary as the characters he created. A superhero in his own right. Well, I'm getting a little mm. choked up there. A superhero in his own right to Marvel fans around the world. Stan had the power to inspire, to entertain, and to connect. The scale of his imagination was only exceeded by the size of his heart. No, he's just a great man, and yeah. just love seeing every time he popped on the screen. But and you're right. Uh, we have this little tribute to the great Stanley. Hi, heroes. This is Stanley coming at you. This comic strip is lame and derivative. I'll be the judge of that. Oh, wait. Stan Lee! Creator of Marvel Comics? Greetings, true believers. It is such fun creating characters, writing stories, and when you do something that you know the fans seem to enjoy, that gives you such satisfaction you don't want to stop. Wow, nice suit. Zip it, Stan Lee! My theory about why people like superheroes when we were kids, we all loved to read fairy tales. But you get a little bit older, you stop reading fairy tales, but I don't think you ever outgrow your love of fairy tales. Yeah. And superhero movies are like fairy tales for older people. This, this was aged for a thousand years. The barrels built from the wreck of Brunhill's fleet is not meant for mortal men. Neither was Omaha Beach, Blondie. Stop trying to scare us. Come on. All right. Excelsior. When I was much younger, I was almost embarrassed writing comics because I felt, gee, there are other people building bridges and doing things that matter. But as I grew older, I realized how important entertainment is to people. They need it, and they love it if it's well done. Are you Tony Stank? Yes, this is this is Tony Stank. My publisher came to me and he said, Stan, I want you to come up with another superhero. So I thought, what power will I give a new guy? And I saw a fly crawling on the wall. And I said, hey, if I could get a superhero that could stick to walls and crawl on them, man, that would be cool. Now I needed a name. I got down to Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It just sounded dramatic. I ran into my publisher's office and I told him. This was the reaction he gave me. Stan, that is the worst idea I have ever heard. I put Spider-Man in Amazing Fantasy, featured him on the cover. A month later, all the sales figures came in. My publisher came racing into my office. 
Stan, Stan, you remember that character we both loved so much, Spider-Man? He said, let's do him as a series. I'm looking for some guy named Stan Lee. Spider-Man? Uh, Pam, hold my calls for a while. I, I think I've finally gone crazy. I'll go back a few years to a teenage boy, not even a teenager, a kid around eight or ten, who loved to read everything he could get his hands on. One day in a bookstore, he saw a book that was an expensive book. It was called The Art of Walt Disney. I was that boy, and I couldn't afford the book. And it drove me crazy. I wanted that book so badly. I saved my pennies, and after a few months, I bought The Art of Walt Disney. I loved that book so. I loved Walt Disney so. To me, he was more than a man. He was, he was an inspiration. He was something to reach for, to be like him. Hey, Gary! Marjorie, how are you? How's your mother? You should do what you most want to do and what you're best at. Too many people don't really do what their heart's desire is, but they try to do something else because they think, well, it'll be easy to get a job or to make money. And if that happens, then when you're doing it, you feel like you're working. But if you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. You know, I guess one person can make a difference. Enough said. I love you all, and my parting word, of course, is Excelsior! Great words from the great, great Stan Lee that we will miss forever, but he brought so much joy to our lives. Absolutely. What a special person and, you know, a fitting tribute to a wonderful person. Absolutely. Uh, just a great guy. Um, he, you know, there's so much about him. And there was some dispute on to maybe he had taken a little bit too much credit sometimes from some of the other uh, people he worked with, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, for others. But one thing that you cannot deny about Stan Lee is he became the ambassador, the goodwill ambassador for comics. There was no one else that sold the comic book realm the way Stan Lee did across uh, the movies on all these interviews that you just heard. Uh, he did so many great things for comic, the comic book industry. Uh, he created the Marvel method, which many companies now use for many things, not just comics. Uh, he, uh, w- here's what the Marvel method is. He'd create story ideas, and then he'd pass it along to his team. An artist would take his story idea, and then they, he would create the artwork for the, the, the story, and then they would pass it on to a writer who would write in the dialogue for it, and then, of course, it would get checked back through Stan. But that allowed him to keep uh, moving through, uh, keep ideas moving all the time because he would be able to pass on all this stuff to the rest of his team. Uh, he helped create some of the greatest superheroes you know. Spider-Man, of course, we just talked about. All the Avengers, Captain America, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, all of that, uh, as well as Fantastic Four and, of course, X-Men. Um, just so many of the characters we love. Absolutely. And I love that part where he talked about the art of Disney. Mm -hmm. Um, It's incredible that we do hear a lot of different creative people, artists, um, movie makers who reference that same book. And it's interesting that it came full circle that then Disney bought Marvel. And so that's pretty cool. 
That was in that was in his speech last year at the uh, 2017 D23 Expo when he became a Disney legend. So yes, not only was he legendary within the comic book realm, he's also legendary in the Disney realm. He is a Disney legend, legend and forever, and he'll just be a a legend in this world forever. Just uh, it's great. Great guy, and uh, good. one good thing is that we haven't seen the last of him. He is going to be making still cameos in the next couple Marvel movies and maybe another movie that is coming out even sooner than those. I'm not going to give it away, but uh, I know that he has already recorded. He has a few cameos already in the can. Awesome. That's something great to look forward to. So, yes, yeah, so, I mean, it'll be interesting when it happens, how, how you, you take it, like, Oh, there he is. I like, oh, you know, get a little sad because mm-hmm. he's gone. Right. But. but something to look forward to. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was our little tribute to the great, great Stanley. And we want to thank him so much for all he's done for us and for comic books and co- superhero movies and just, you know, his fun cameos everywhere. Not even in super- he made a cameo in our own life of the day that he passed. I posted a little picture where right. we were at Comic Con, just kind of out back, just getting away from the crowds for a little bit. Uh, and then suddenly there we turn around and there's Stan Lee just standing there doing a little cameo in our own life. Right, and, right. It's awesome. It really cool. So uh, that's our look back at Stan Lee. But now let's get to our other main topic of the day, and that is Michelle's visit to the Walt Disney World Resort. She went back. She left on Sunday morning. It was just a really quick trip. Went back last Sunday morning, came back uh, Wednesday night. But she had a lot of fun while you were out there in just those uh, few days. Right, absolutely. And it was fun getting to see my mom and bringing her along for a lot of the fun there. So it really started at check-in at the Coronado Springs Resort and... As many of you probably know, if you're following a lot of things about Disney, that that resort is under construction. Um, They have a new tower that's going to be in the main entrance. It looks like it's going to be fabulous. Um, But it's so cute. When we checked in the room, there were these adorable pin set of the three caballeros um, to serve as a, quote, pardon our pixie dust gift. Um, you know, and it's cute because they're they were they're dressed as construction workers. But you know, it wasn't necessary, but it was a really Those nice are really nice pins. I looked yeah, at them like that's right? a really nice gift for the you know, you knew that there was some renovation, some construction right. going on there, but uh, that was a really nice gift to, you know, make up for the yes, the dust, the pixie dust. Right, right. Around. So that was a nice fun extra and I'll I'll tweet that out because it real they really are cute, you know. Um the the grounds there are beautiful. They have a southwestern theme, very lush. You know, I haven't been there in, in a couple of years. So it, it was nice to, to go back and see that. Um, it's nice, too, that the rooms are a bit larger than a lot of the typical resorts. So that makes it a little comfortable, too. Um, the only thing I did notice this time that it was kind of easy to hear our neighbors. They were, you know, the people in the rooms <laughs> next to us. They were very, very You got nice really close to them without uh, them knowing it. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> I knew when it was time for the kids to be getting ready in the morning. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But anyhow, so it, it was fine. It was, you know, a great place to be. And, and you were out in the parks most of the day. Anyway. It's not like you were, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, they're being disturbed all the time. Right. Right. No, not at all. Not at all. It was a great experience there. Um, so the other fun thing is on the first day, got to experience the last day of the Food and Wine Festival. Um, and in spite of the fact that it was Veterans Day holiday and higher crowds, it really was pretty easy getting around and getting things through the kiosks, etc. So um, it was different than the congestion we see at the Disneyland when they have the food kiosk. So it was a lot uh, shorter lines, but it's also very spread it's more out. More spread out than it is at Epcot. the California right. Adventure. Yeah. Right. Um, but there was a lot of fun variety of foods, and definitely I'm not going to take the time to go through a lot of that. There's been so much out there on social media, so I don't think there's much I can add there. Um, but 
one of the things going in, I was a little concerned being the last day that it was going to be, you know, kind of like hurried. People weren't going to, you know, the vendors weren't going to be as enthusiastic. But no, the vibe was really fresh. It would have been as if it was in the middle of the whole festival. So, um, and there was even plenty of festival passports. So that's, that was really cool. Um, And then in the evening, we got uh, to go into Disney Hollywood Studios just in time to enjoy Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. What was that? I I couldn't hear that. Can you tell me again? All right. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell. Bam! That's more like I it. Know, that's what right? I want to yeah, hear. That's what, that's yeah. what Rob wants to hear. I know that. So, <laughs> so that's a wonderful uh, holiday show. And we've given more details in, in recent past podcasts. So, but it was a lot of fun to do that. Um, the next day, we didn't hold back. We you know went into Magic Kingdom to see the daytime decorations, which is always beautiful at that park in the Magic Kingdom. But then in the evening, we went back and saw the very Merry Christmas party. And I haven't done that also in years. And so it's really gotten so much better than I, at least I remembered it for an amazing fun that you can experience there. So if you get a chance, that's a wonderful party to go through. Um, Some highlights is they had a a fabulous acapella performance by Edge Effect in Tomorrowland. I saw a video that you posted or you had uh, you shared with me a little bit of it, and it looked really, really right, nice. They were right. really good. Yeah, they were amazing how they, uh, you know, did their twist on the, the holiday music, and that was very impressive. Um, but the real highlight was the stage show, Mickey's Most Merriest Celebration, and that was just so phenomenal. Um, and, uh, honey, as you were mentioning when I was showing you the video, uh, Disney has really honed in and fine-tuned the skill sets of projections on buildings. Mm-hmm. And it really is getting more and more amazing. And in this show, it, it you know, really was so impressive and so fun. It made it really great to watch. Um, they also had a lot of really fun food, some free, some for purchase. I, and you brought home some of those free foods that right? I've got to sample myself. <laughs> I appreciate. Exactly. They were very generous to give some extra cookies here and there. So, uh, And they had a lot of great photo ops, too. And um, the flow for the treats was really orderly. It went through fast, even though, again, there are a lot of people at the stations. It, it really was well well done, well organized. So that was great. Um, uh, we've seen in some of the Disneyland evening events that it's best to line up for the photos early and do some of the other activities later because they can get pretty lengthy. But these queues weren't really that bad even mm-hmm. throughout the night. But we did do it, of course, first so that we could get, get some of that behind us. But also the... Uh, High humidity of Florida was wreaking havoc on my hair and my face. (laughs) It was so funny because you're out there on, uh, it was Sunday through uh, Wednesday. Right. And it was in the upper 80s with a ton of humidity. Yeah. And then just this weekend, I'm sure if those of you are out there right now, you know it's dipped into the 40s. And now it really feels like winter out there. So you actually could have really... Uh, taken in the very merry Christmas party, exactly. uh, you know, or, or whatever else, all the the holiday feels. But it's just funny that you missed it by like a day or two. I know. It really felt like it was a holiday season out there. It was funny because when preparing for the trip, the weather forecast had that cold front coming in a lot sooner. So I did pack some heavier clothes, and they weren't necessary at all. In fact, they they did have record heat. Um, you know, it, it actually on one day got into the 90s where we were at. So um, and really high humidity. Wow. But, but it didn't it didn't, you know, cut cut away from any of the fun. It was really a great time. It, it was uh, 
had there. So all in all, it was really fast, action-packed, but lots of different experiences, you know, going from, you know, the food and wine ending to the new things of Christmas. It was really fun to uh, go out there and experience all those different techniques or, excuse me, different types of fun experiences. Yeah, it's good that you got to go out there, and we're thinking about possibly getting out there for next year's holiday season and doing it again. We were out there last year, and I know we had a great time, and it'd be a lot of fun to go back again, but I'm glad you got to get out there with your mother, have a wonderful time out there, take some great pictures, see all the decorations. Uh, It just looked fantastic. Thanks. It really was. And again, I want to encourage people, if you get a chance, there it's uh, the holiday time there is spectacular. And if you're going out there and you have any questions about uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party or anything else that's going on with the holiday right. season, feel free to uh, contact us. I've I put out all the ways you can contact us earlier. I'll put it on again at the end of the show and you can talk with Michelle. She'd be happy to answer any of your questions. So you can be prepared to know what you expect if this is your first time going or if you just you know you want to freshen up on it because you haven't been this year, obviously. For sure. And if, you, if there's some highlights that I didn't capture here, I mean, obviously there's a great parade and the fireworks is are were wonderful um but i know we also have a ton of new news to discuss so i don't want to go into some other uh things that people already may have heard about in other social media absolutely absolutely that's a good point um we also have another thing we need to get to before we get to our disney stories of the week which are lengthy this week (laughs) this i have no doubt this episode i always have been worried in the past that the episode might go long this one will go long um actually it's just more average nowadays i'm just expected (laughs) to go plus an hour so hopefully you guys have a i hope you don't have a long commute that you you know you can listen to this all in one commute but if you do or you can do it in a couple commutes great we appreciate you listening to us however you do it so uh, our other main topic which we teased earlier in the week was that we went and saw Fantastic Beats, The Crimes of Grindelwald over, actually we just saw it yesterday. Uh, we are, because Michelle was traveling, I was up doing something I'm going to mention a little bit later in the show yesterday. We finally got that in yes, uh, last evening. Uh, so we're going to give you our spoiler-free review of that. We know that many of you have probably already seen it. If you really wanted to go see this movie, by the time you hear this podcast, you may have already seen it. So we're not going to—it's it's a review, but we're mostly just going to be a discussion of what we saw in it. But again, just in case you haven't seen it, uh, we are not going to give away any spoilers. But uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, really enjoyed I it. Really enjoyed it. Loved it. Um, we actually saw it in 3D, which was was great. But I don't know. We talked about it after the film. It's not necessary, I think. Mm-hmm. To, if you, so, if you aren't seeing it in 3D, it's, I don't think you're missing out on much because of that. Um, but yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah, it gets right into the action yeah. right from the get go. Uh, right out of Jump Street, you're you're in, and it's moving. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, I love me some Newt Scamander. <laughs> I may have a, a man crush on Newt Scamander. He is he, right. Everything that he was in the first movie, you know, kind-hearted, loves all creatures, but he has that edge. He's not afraid to use that edge when he needs to, but he mostly doesn't want to see anybody get hurt, which I love about him. And he's played magnificently again by Eddie Redmayne, does such a great job. I loved uh, Jude Law as Dumbledore. I actually wish we had gotten more of Jude Law as a young Dumbledore. I thought he was really great in that role, and I'm looking forward to you know they're going to continue the series. The series is going to be five movies. This is only the second movie, so I'm sure we're going to get a lot more of Jude Law as Dumbledore in the future. Right. And speaking of multiple movies, one of the things is um, 
although it's a great standalone movie, uh, it did help, I think. It would help if you haven't seen the first one of the series to see that, only so that you already know some of the character development that mm-hmm. took place. Again, it's a, it's a great standalone film, but I think it's richer if you do see the first one. Well, if you haven't seen the first one, there are going to be a lot of characters, because they don't go in a lot of backstories of some of the uh, characters that were in the first right. movie. They have some new characters that you kind of get a little more detail on. But the 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 old one they expected you've seen the first one and also uh, if I would this movie I think is best for people who love the Wizarding World the right. Harry Potter world the right. universe uh, because there's so many details in there that lead back to not you know just uh, the original Fantastic Beasts but also uh, to the original Harry Potter movies right. uh, that are so it's if you have a chance and you have the time go back and watch some of those movies or if you've just seen this um, it can't hurt before you go see it again if you enjoyed it and want to see it again uh, to go through some of these movies and, and check them out because there are some there's some really great detail work uh, that they refer back to within this movie absolutely I know and as they would develop new characters I'm like oh wow that person oh yeah from the from I guess from the past but really from the future <laughs> right yes that's exactly right that is exactly right uh, it was great to get back to Hogwarts I'm not giving anything away it was in the right. trailer that they go back to Hogwarts so uh, that was great to see that you know just because you know we watched all the Harry Potter movies and they was mostly at Hogwarts right uh, so it was just great to go back to the school and see it uh, back in the past um, all the characters from the first film we just talked about it they're back uh, Jacob Kowalski played by Dan Fogler oh, is awesome. funny as ever right. uh, so good uh, Tina Goldstein pl- uh, played by Catherine uh, Waterston uh, Queenie Goldstein played by Alison Sudol uh, Credence Barebone, played by Ezra Miller, and Grindelwald, uh, played by uh-huh. Johnny Depp, who, you know, there's been some uh, controversy about Johnny Depp more recently, but there's one thing I'm say about him is that when he's on the screen, he still takes over the screen and is, you know, creepy, yet he plays Grindelwald very right, well. Right, right. Yeah, he, you're right, you're right. And, I mean, he's one of these actors that can be in different roles, and you don't think, like, when you're watching him in this, you're not thinking of Jack Sparrow at all. He no. just owns this part, and, you know, I think that that's what makes him a very uh, exceptional actor, is that you really don't see him and think of other past actors uh, roles that he's played which that's not always true with people that that's are on very, screen there's some there's many people that play the same character over and over and over again it's just right. maybe a different name and maybe some different clothes whatever but it's pretty much the same that is not true of johnny depp but right. again there is some controversy out there i know that there's some bad feelings about johnny depp right now but uh, one thing you can't doubt is when he's on screen he is a good actor absolutely uh the beasts more beasts yes just like the first movie i don't know if there's as many beasts as the first yeah. movie but there are a lot of beasts and there are a lot of great scenes right, uh, right. you know you'll enjoy them in 3d a lot of them really came through really interestingly right. i don't know if i would suggest them seeing this movie in 3d but some of the beast scenes were pretty cool in 3d yeah um it did drag and some a- return beasts there too. were yes oh yes one of our favorites <laughs> returns i love that one uh, it dragged a little in the middle i have to admit and you know it got a little slow um but it, it was great at the beginning great at the end um it could have maybe used a little bit of editing in the middle i think right. you know maybe shortened it slightly but i i still think it was well worth uh, getting through that uh, finished with a bang and I, I after seeing this one uh, one thing i'll tell you is i just cannot wait for the next one right right and i actually want to see this one again yeah was, me too it was that good it was really good and i you know i think there was a lot going on at some times and some tw- unexpected twists you know obviously we won't share but it's like okay i need to wrap my brain around some of this and see it again 
And there are so many little Easter eggs, and like I was telling you, nods to you know not only the first uh, first Fantastic Beasts, but also to the other Harry Potter movies and some of the characters you've known from both the movies and in the books. Right. Uh, that uh, there's so many things that when you experience this all, I think uh, there's a lot of stuff we picked up, but there's probably a lot of stuff we missed as well. Absolutely. So we're looking forward to yep. checking it out again. Uh, we. We rate it thumbs up. and Absolutely. Uh, two like, thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Uh, if you like the Harry Potter movies, if you like the Wizarding World, the Harry Potter universe, if you like the first one, you'll like this one. I, I really believe that's true. So that's our movie review. Now let's get to what really happened this week, which is like <laughs> uh, my, my phone blew up yesterday because everything was going crazy out at – this is our Disney Stories of the Week segment, by the way, uh, where we get, uh, we get to all the Disney Stories of the Week, and there were a ton of them. Uh, D23's Destination D, lots of park news broke yesterday. I was doing this thing, and I just kept hearing bing, 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 <laughs> bing, little alerts that these, these stories were coming across. Uh, so there was a ton of stuff, and I know you couldn't wait to, for me to get home to share it with me. But. Right, right. And all I could think of when I was seeing all this happening yesterday is, oh my gosh, uh, we thought we were ready for the podcast, but yeah. now there's I, a I lot done, more research to do. <laughs> I was traveling on Friday, not coming back till later on Saturday, so I'd put most of my notes together, uh, you know, ready to go. I had to completely wipe out half of them and add <laughs> new stuff this morning, really bright and early, or dark and early, as the case may be. But um, really cool stuff and really fun news, so let's get right down to it. Uh, we now have the name of the true attractions that will be featured in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. That came down yesterday at D23's Destination D. Of course, that's a big celebration for Mickey, but just a, it's also a celebration for uh, Disney in general. This straight from the Disney Parks blog. The Millennium Falcon attraction will be called the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Nice. I love the name yep. of that. Feels cool. Uh, they said it puts guests behind the controls of the famous, uh, the most famous ship in the galaxy in one of three unique flight roles, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is pilot, engineer, and gunner. So there's two, I think, in each one, because I know there's six people in the cockpit. So there'll be two pilots, two engineers, and two gunners, I believe. Is what right. It is. But, you know, when I first heard that, like, oh, three or six people and... What are the lines going to be like? But well, that's uh, what it's going to be like. Well, anyway. it is going to be anyways. But I mean, in terms of you know, uh, the, just the flow. But uh, they're saying that they are going to be able to get up to eighteen hundred people an hour. So wow, that's impressive. It is. Yeah. It is. So. Well, I hope that that's true. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the other attraction, which we've been teased for a long time, but we haven't really got too much detail on, is going to be named Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance which is really cool. They had a video. If you go to the Disney Parks blog, you can find the video for it. And it is an actual video that is shot from the attraction. Uh, it puts the guests right in the middle of an epic battle between the Resistance and the First Order. And, uh, you know, it looks exciting. It looks cool. Uh, I, I love checking it out. And it, oh, my God. Like chills. Yes. I'm yes. ready. I'm ready for both those attractions. I cannot wait. Right. There are a lot of things about chills. Uh, the... The music. We'll get to that in a moment. All right. We'll get to that in just a moment here. Uh, These two new, these are straight from the Disney Parks blog. So if it sounds like a brochure, it's because it's Disney Parks blog writing. (laughs) Uh, These two new incredible uh, experiences paired with the land's dynamic elements and the optional interactive integration with Play Disney Parks app. Nice. So your Play Disney Parks app, if you have that on your phone, it's going to help you out when you're in Galaxy Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, anyway, it invites guests to become galactic travelers and live their own Star Wars stories in a galaxy 
far, far away. Ooh, I'm so excited. So excited. So yes, the other news that came out of there, and you were leading to it, Michelle, is that uh, the music that's going to be all throughout Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is going to be done by the one and only John Williams, yeah. and they gave us a little tease of what that music's going to be. good the master himself oscar winning composer john williams is creating the new music uh that we're going to hear all through star wars galaxy's edge uh it's he's recorded it with the london symphony orchestra at abbey road studios and if you have a chance go to the disney parks blog and check out the video for it because it also shows uh galaxy's edge under construction you can see everything taking shape i think most of those i was just checking out the video as we were uh playing that music and it looks like it it was uh, filmed at uh, Walt Disney World Resort at the Disney Hollywood Studios. Uh, so actually that should be less far along than what should be at the Disneyland Resort. Uh, so, right. uh, But it still is impressive and it's great to see things taking shape. Like, you know, they're, they're building an ad at Walker and... Or excuse me, I'll, I'll, somebody. There, there are some big Star Wars fans out there who will hate me that I called it an AT-AT walker, an AT-AT walker, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, they're really, it really looks cool, and I'm so excited. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and again with that music, if that doesn't give you chills and make you so excited, mm-hmm. I don't know you what. Have well. all that stuff playing in the background is right, there, so. right. A few more details about it. It's a, yeah, this, again, straight out of the Disney Parks blog. is a, There's so much more to do with this exotic outpost. For example, you can visit the street market in Black Spire Outpost. Shop at food stalls where you can enjoy delicacies like blue milk 
<laughs> or visit the cantina where you can see your old friend Rex. That's right. Rex is yeah. the DJ now. He used to be the pilot for the original Star Tours. Now he's DJ Rex. As well as encounter creatures and characters that are hallmarks of the Star Wars universe. Guests from around the galaxy can res- experience this new larger-than-life land at the Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World Resort beginning in 2019. Summer for Disneyland Resort. Fall for the Walt Disney World Resort. Can't wait. Oh. That's all I can say is I can't wait. Yeah, it's so exciting. And then all that, all this new news that came out just makes it even that much more exciting. It's uh, just really, really cool. And not just the news that we're hearing, but that they are sent, you know, giving us some film clips and mm-hmm. things. And it's just bringing it to life. Every time sure. we, when we go to the Disneyland Resort, we usually park in the Mickey and Friends parking structure. And if you up top of it, near the upper floors of it, you can look a little bit into uh, Galaxy's Edge and see some of these black spires, the spires there. And you know, last time we were there, we noticed that they were, weren't just gray. They were starting to take some color right, onto them. Yes. So you know that they're progressing. You know we're getting closer. And the, the anticipation is I'm about to burst from the anticipation. <laughs> no. it's, it's insane. So very excited. Yeah. Uh, we also received new details about the upcoming Star Wars Hotel at the Walt Disney World Resort. This, again, straight from the Disney Parks blog. Uh, adding to the galactic assignment, uh, they share new details about the currently in development Star Wars Resort coming to Walt Disney World. This groundbreaking, this groundbreaking experience is unlike any resort experience you've ever seen. From the moment you board your launch pod... It's a fully immersive, multi-day Star Wars adventure aboard a luxury starship complete with high-end dining, space view cabins, and all the exciting action you would expect from an authentic Star Wars experience. Yeah. It looks incredible from the, 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 uh, some of the uh, concept art we've seen mm-hmm. from it. I have a couple more details that uh, are some kind of leaked information that, they, that uh, Disney didn't actually share, but uh, going into it. But uh, really looks cool. I can't wait to book a room I, resort. <laughs> I was going to say, attendance at that uh, resort are going to be off the chart, 100% every I think it's going to be expensive, though. But right. I think it's going to be like one of those... Once in a lifetime splurge experiences that if you're a real Star Wars fan, you're going to want to do at some point. So, uh, we'll continuing on with that. And oh, by the way, the reason why I say maybe that uh, Star Wars themed hotel doesn't seem right is because they're talking about it. It's like, look, you're going to be boarding a starship. You're not just going into a hotel. It's not like Star Wars. You know, you're not like you're in a hotel at uh, on Batu. You know, and, and uh, you know a Black Spire right. outpost. No, you're going to be in a starship uh, going to this. So. Uh, Interesting stuff. So this is from our friends and colleagues at WDW News Today. Uh, They've reported earlier this week, thanks to permits found by CaliforniaCoasterKings.com, we now know a bit more about the upcoming Star Wars Hotel at Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, For all the world's speculation of walkways connecting the hotel to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disney's Hollywood Studio, uh, it appears that the guests will actually be transported via some type of shuttle bus vehicle that will keep them in the story while bringing them from the, from, uh, the hotel or the spaceship to the uh, planet of Batu. So that way you're not, you know, there's nothing to take you out of it. You're gonna, basically, you're gonna be, they're going to make it seem like you're boarding a shuttlecraft and landing on this planet is what it sounds like. Right, right. I saw some concept art for that as well. It looks pretty cool. Right. So that's fun. 
Uh, also interesting is that the hotel will handle all the security for you when you're going to the park. So that way you're also staying within the story because they'll be doing the security there. So you don't have to go to an outside security agency with everybody else. Right. And, you know, uh, really kind of cool. Uh, it, they're saying it's going to be a luxury starship, like I said. So, you know, the metal detectors will all be there. According to the permits, rooms come in two sizes, a regular size cabin and a larger first class cabin. Uh, apparently from these, this permit, the first floor has 32 regular cabins and two first-class cabins. That's not a lot. <laughs> no. uh, if the second floor is the same layout, the Star Wars Hotel could only have maybe 68 rooms. Whoa. Yeah. So guess what? If there's only 68 rooms, one, it's going to be very difficult to book. Right. Two, it's going to be very expensive. Yes. But... I don't care. <laughs> we're going to save all our pennies and we're going to book this at least once. And you have to book it for a multi-day thing. You know, I don't know what they're going to say if it has to be three days, four days, two days, whatever. Right. But it is going to be a multi-day experience. But um, Yeah, that'll be all of our Christmas, birthday, anniversary. I don't care if it's five. One. <laughs> I don't care if it's five Christmases. Whatever. That is something like I've dreamt of is like living right. in Star Wars world for a few days. And that's yeah. all it is. It's just you're living in... The Star Wars universe. Could you imagine? I mean, I've grown up from eight-year-old me in 1977 who longed watched that screen pop up. Right. You know, a galaxy, you know, a long, long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And you see these ships come over and there's Luke and, and you know, the droids and old Ben Kenobi, um, you know, Darth Vader. Wanting eight-year-old me wanting to live in that world, and now you actually have a shot at it. Right? Can you imagine what the lobby's going to look like? Everybody dressed up in yeah. Star Wars costumes. Isn't so cool. cool. <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't care. What, it could be ten Christmases. I'm totally, we're totally doing this. We're totally doing this. So that's fun news, and it's very exciting stuff. So. Very excited about yeah. that. Uh, on to other news that came out from uh, Destination D. Uh, details about the new nighttime spectacular coming to Epcot were emerged at this as well. This is, again, straight from the Disney Parks blog. Exciting update on a new spectacular planned to open at Epcot in 2020 as part of the multi-year transformation of the park. The new nighttime spectacular will celebrate how Disney music inspires people around the world and will feature massive floating set pieces, custom-built LED panels, choreographed moving fountains, lights, pyrotechnics, and lasers. So... Oh, it sounds great. I mean, we love Illuminations, but it's been around for a long time, and it makes sense to have an update. It so. sounds like an—it almost sounds like a blend of every—I was just thinking about it as I was writing this out. It sounds like a blend of what you see at uh, Disney Hollywood Studios with what you see at uh, Animal Kingdom Park, right. you know? Yeah, that makes um, sense. And then what you're currently seeing now at Epcot, it kind of seems like it's blending it all together into one— Big giant show, right. uh, and I'm excited to see what it's going to be like when it when it uh, comes to fruition later uh, next year. Oh, the year after is the year after 2020. Yeah, 2020. 2020. Mm-hmm. That's right. Next year. That's because next year. Uh, in the fall of 2019, they're going to be doing a special show until they Yay. get that show all put together. And that show is going to be called Epcot Forever. And it will have, uh, it'll be there for a limited time, but it's going to feature a lot of the classic tunes that you used to hear or maybe even still hear around Epcot. I know. When I heard that, I was like, oh, yay. That sounds so wonderful. It's just, you know, to have that reminiscent of Epcot, you know, like you're saying, when you're a lot younger and, mm-hmm. you know, you have those fond memories and to have that again and 
that's you know with the nighttime show that'll be great yeah well we often i, I me, me personally i know you come down and sit with me and mm-hmm. in the mornings a lot of times on sundays when i'm preparing for this podcast i will put on pandora or spotify or whatever and i will call up um you know the disney channels right. on there and a lot of times they have a lot of these classic epcot attraction yes. music and it's just so fun when they come on you know i, I enjoy it every time so uh, it'll be great to see it as part of a show right right reminisce some of the attractions that have changed mm-hmm. and so yeah it's exciting yeah i'm thrilled uh, yeah me too i'm looking forward to one we're going to get to go see illuminations one last time coming up here uh in june and then we're hopefully we're trying to figure out a trip now to go possibly to go see this epcot forever before it goes away and then in 2020 to go see the uh brand new spectacular that they're building right absolutely good times coming good times coming uh, other changes coming around at Epcot that they announced. And, I mean, most of it was kind of known, but a couple interesting news bits about them. And uh, this is specifically about the France Pavilion at Epcot. Uh, again, straight from the Disney Parks blog. They had all this information because, of course, Disney was breaking all this news uh, yesterday. Uh, they, we now have a name for the Ratatouille uh, attraction that is coming to the France Pavilion, and that will be Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Yeah. And we've got to ride. I'm assuming it's going to be very similar, if not exactly the same, as one, one we rode when we were at uh, Disneyland Paris. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And that's a, it's a really great. It is fun. It's a fun, fun attraction, a fun, fun ride. Uh, you'll enjoy it. Also, other news, uh, the, the coming soon to the France Pavilion at World Showcase, uh, in addition to, the, of course, the Impressions de France, will be a brand new Beauty and the Beast sing-along created by Don Hahn, producer of the animated and live action Beauty and the Beast films is set to debut there. So right. that's That'll kinda, be fun. Yeah, brand new thing to go to. You know, we know the great music from Beauty and the Beast, and now you get to go there and enjoy a sing-along, and that'll be great for kids of all ages. Yeah, and it's nice that they're keeping the original movie as well, so it's yeah. all good news. All. Yeah, all good news, but as long as they keep the pastries there. That's all I care about, <laughs> really, about the French <laughs> pavilion is they keep the pastries <sighs> there. They're so very, good. Very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, there was news about a new nighttime show coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, Again, all this from the Disney Parks blog. The all-new cinematic nighttime experience, Wonderful World of Animation, uh, which will debut at Disney's Hollywood Studios in May of 2019. We're going to get to check this one out. Uh, It's uh, going to be a part as the park's 30th anniversary celebration. The show will use state-of-the-art projection technology to take guests on a magical journey through more than 90 years of Disney animation, all beginning with the mouse himself. Nice, yeah. Doesn't that sound great? It does. I like. I mean, I love the shows at the studios, anyways, because I love the way they project it there on the Chinese theater and right. the surrounding buildings around that. And then they use the lasers, and uh, you know, then you get the pyrotechnics, the right. fireworks as well. Um, I love those shows, and I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing this one. You know, I'm sure I will cry. Like the little girl that I am watching these because I when know. they bring out some of these parts of these classic animated movies and they mix it with the, the music and everything, it always tugs at your heartstrings. Oh, absolutely. Disney is so good at that. And, and you then, feel very immersive right. in that whole so, experience. We will get to experience that when we're there in June, and I'm excited to do yeah. that one. Uh, let's see. Other things that are happening. Uh, you also, uh, some of this Mickey and Minnie stuff is also going to be expanding to a Disney cruise line. They, they will be able to celebrate both of them with 
the Mickey and Minnie's surprise party at sea aboard Disney Cruise Line (laughs) coming up here. Yeah. So guests will be able to enjoy an all new high energy deck party on the Disney Fantasy next summer. Which is hard to believe that you can get any more high energy than what they already have there. But that was so special to hear about. Yeah, um, and they—they—that's—that's that's great. I'm glad that they're including a lot of this on the Disney Cruise Line as well. And I'm always up for another party at sea. <laughs> believe me, for sure. Uh, also, they—they—they uh, uh, they opened up a new uh, thing for Disneyland Resort. Uh, get your ears on, uh, which they confirmed a couple of things we talked about in the last episode, which was the new, uh, of course, the Sensational Parade mm-hmm. coming back and the new uh, nighttime spectacular that's coming as well. Right, right. With some updates, right? With some updates. They're they're going to be all new stuff. So, all great stuff, and we're looking forward to all those things that they announced yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a crazy day for news. <laughs> uh, so let's get on to some other details. This was uh, something that came out earlier in the week. This was actually part of my original notes. Uh, and there were details emerged about the new space-themed restaurant that's heading to Epcot. And this is from our friends at WDW News Today. According to a job posting uh, by the Patina Restaurant Group, which Patina works very often with uh, Disney in many regards when they're doing restaurants, food right. services, or whatever. Uh, they're looking to hire European candidates for the cultural representative program. Revealed <laughs> that either the restaurant's name or the code name is Space220. Don't know if that's the name of the restaurant right. or it's just a code name. You know, a lot of times before they actually want to allow the name to go out there, they right. just kind of put these uh, fake names kind of out there. Uh, the gist of the what the uh, the restaurant's theme is going to be is that it's going to be like the International Space Station so that the restaurant will be manned by an international crew. This is why they're putting these postings out for a lot of different European-type wow. candidates. Awesome. Uh, the new uh, space-themed restaurant will make guests feel as if they're actually traveling through space via the use of a 250-foot-long digital screen wrapping around the curved room. Uh, it's the technology is similar to screens that are used at uh, One World Trade Center and the... Um, oh, I'm going to butcher this. Burj Kaf- Burj Khalifa in Dubai. I got Dubai right, I think. <laughs> um, so this is a technology that already exists, so they've seen it in action. Uh, your adventure begins with an elevator ride simulating a trip up to the space station. Once in the departure lobby, guests can check in and then board one of two transportation chambers leading up to a sizable dining room that can seat around 350 guests. Wow. That sounds pretty spectacular. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that as, uh, very much. Uh, the new restaurant will be located, of course, between Mission Space and Test Track. Uh, Disney has yet to provide an opening date for the restaurant, but it's already under construction. It is set to open before 2021, which, of course, is the 50th anniversary of the Walt Disney World Resort. Wow. A lot of wonderful, fun things. There's so oh much my stuff God. coming. <laughs> it's going to be almost like a, you know, and you think about it, by 2021, it's going to, I mean, yes, you'll you'll still recognize it as Walt Disney World Resort, but it's going to look a lot different yeah, in many right, regards. Right. Um, another way it's going to look a lot different on the outside of it is that uh, they announced uh, just this last week uh, when they'd be opening for, to be able to use Disney's Skyliner. Mm-hmm. which is going to be the transportation that's going to take you from some of the hotels uh, through uh, the Hollywood Studios and to Epcot as well. 
Uh, this is straight from the Disney Parks blog. Uh, they announced that the Skyliner will be ready to begin transporting guests at the Walt Disney World Resort, World Resort beginning of fall 2019. We were hoping it would be ready in June. <laughs> Looks like we'll have to wait a little bit longer, but maybe if we do that fall trip, right. uh, we might we'll have a chance to, to check it out then. Uh, as many of you know, this new state-of-the-art gondola system will conveniently connect Disney's Hollywood Studios and Epcot to four resort, hotel, resort hotels, Disney's Art of Animation Resort, Disney's Pop Century Resort, and... Uh, Disney Caribbean Beach Resort, as well as the proposed 15th Disney Vacation Club property, which is Disney's Riviera Resort. Getting ready to open not I too know. far away Isn't as that well. exciting? Yeah. No, and they showed pictures of the gondolas mm-hmm. um, on the Destination D, you know, news that went out. They look adorable. Yeah, they have characters on there that look just cute yeah. as could be. It's, uh, yeah, I'm That'll looking forward fun. to giving it a try. I mean, I'm all fine with walking or taking the other transportation forms or whatever, but uh, I, I'm excited to at least give this a shot and see what it's like. I'm, I'm for any other kinds of transportation you can sample when you're out there right. at the Walt Disney World Resort. So. Well, and having, you know, just experienced that last week, a few days ago, um, you know, the transportation systems there are, are very efficient and, and great. I mean, I know there's a lot of criticisms about it, but they really do get you from point A to point B. Um, but it is getting more and more busy, so it is congested. And so having another option is a great way to go. Well, and that's especially with what's coming to the studios. Obviously, we already know Toy Story Land opened up this last year, and now soon Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is going to be opening up. So there's going to be a lot more people that are going to be trying to get between these parks. They've got a whole bunch of new stuff coming to Epcot as well. So having a better form of transportation to get to some of these areas, or at least another form of transportation to get some of these, some of these areas, just makes sense. So the buses aren't always packed. Um, you know, I would have liked to have seen, one, an improvement of the current monorail system, mm-hmm. but I would also like to see uh, an expansion of the monorail system. Right. But it seems that this is a little more maybe uh, cost-efficient, and also probably they could have... Uh, a chance to open this sooner by doing it this way. Right, right. So. You know, And it's nice that this one is going to different resorts because that's the one thing if you're trying to sample other resorts, whether you just want to try out the foods there or just take a look at different decorations or theming. Um, it, if you're, if you don't have a car, you know, you usually have to, you know, take a transportation to a, uh, one of the, the parks and then to another resort. And so this way you could kind of like the original monorail of the loop you get to see several other resorts yeah without having From a to totally different, different view right right totally different view um and by the way one of the things i, I know you mentioned to me when we weren't doing the podcast just kind of uh we were talking with each other like they that you were commenting that they broke so much news yesterday right. that what are they going to break at the d23 expo next year and i was just thinking about it and i'm like well one of the things they may break next year at the d23 expo is a upgraded monorail um you know i, I think it's oh, time sure. to you know start getting to the next bunch of monorails out right. there. It wouldn't shock me if they next year, that's one of the things. I, I think there's a couple other things they could be talking about too. And there are right. always new stuff happening, but it wouldn't shock me at all. If one of the things new, one of the stories we get is that, right. Hey, here's the next, next level of monorail sure, that we're sure. going to go to. Right. So that's cool. So that's all the park news I have. There were a ton of park news. There's actually some stories I didn't get to, 
but uh, so much broke yesterday. You, know, you can all find it. It's, it's really covered well in the Disney Parks blog. Also, w, our colleagues at WDW News today are covering it as well. But you, both those sources, you can find all sorts of news about all that's been breaking over the last couple of days of, uh, that's coming to all the Disney Parks. Um, but I have another story that I want to get to that I found is a fascinating story. Uh, that, and that is that a lost Walt Disney cartoon has been discovered in Japan featuring Oswald the Lucky right. Rabbit. Isn't that a crazy story? It is a crazy story. <laughs> I didn't realize that there's so many of these that were missing out there, but uh, very interesting. This came uh, out of the BBC, actually, where I got this story from. Uh, an anime historian had the cartoon for 70 years before he realized it was one of the seven lost films. Wow. Uh, his name is Yasushi Watanabe. I hope I got that right. He, was 80, he is 84. He bought the film from a toy wholesaler in Osaka when he was a teenager, paying only 500 yen. That's about four bucks. Wow. Our, our American cash for it. Uh, they say it's £3.45 uh, because this is BBC here, but it's around four bucks for it. Um, it's a two-minute short film created in 1927. Uh, it was originally called Neck and Neck. Uh, the 16-millimeter cartoon was tagged with the name Mickey Magnus Spidey, which is Mickey Cartoon Speedy, and remained in Mr. Watanabe's personal collection for 70 years. The significance of the film only became apparent to him when he read the book Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, The Search for the Lost Disney Cartoons, written by long-term Disney animator David Bossert, uh, and published last year. And here's a quote from uh, Mr. Watanabe. He said, As I've been a Disney fan for many years, I'm happy that I was able to play a role uh, he told this to uh, Asahi so, Shimbun newspaper. Ugh, I'm so bad with this. <laughs> maybe uh, not. Maybe you got it right. Maybe I got it perfectly. I, 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 by the way, the, the, the uh, music one last night, both, both the people that I was concerned that I would get their names wrong right. confirmed to me that you nailed it. I Rachel! know. I saw Yay! that. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so he confirmed with the Walt Disney Archive that the uh, cartoon was one of a handful of lost Oswald films. Uh, of course, Walt Disney and Oobie Works created Oswald the Lucky Rabbit in 1927, and it was Disney Studios' first character to have its own series. A total of 27 cartoons were made, but the anthropomorphic rabbit became the center of an intellectual property dispute with, the, with Universal Studios, wrestling the rights to the character in 1928. Only got it back, uh, what was it? It's, about, it's almost been 10 years now yeah. that they finally got him back. In exchange for allowing Al Michaels to go from... <laughs> Monday Night Football and ABC to NBC and Universal right. to call uh, now Sunday Night Football. You know, it was part of the deal, which was kind of an interesting it thing was that Bob really... Iger decided to throw into it. Right. Know? It was really cute. Yeah, I loved it. So uh, there still are, I think there's five more still out there that are lost. So if you are, you know, searching through thrift stores or garage <laughs> right? sales or whatever, take a look at some of those film strips that might yeah. be around there. Maybe you might find one of the lost Oswald the Lucky Rabbit uh, cartoons. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, to hear. yeah funny story. Awesome, interesting story. Mm -hmm. So, do you have a story this week? I do not, because I knew there were so many other stories. I'm going to hold off till next Yay. next podcast. Okay. I just yes. didn't want to forget you in case. I appreciate you, that. I, I've done a lot of stuff over the last <laughs> couple of days, and it would be very possible for me to forget that you had one. So I didn't want to do that if I had a chance. So, well, in that case, since we're done with our stories of the week, we never leave an episode without getting to our vacation tips of the week. <laughs> whether it be going to the Disney parks, the Disney resorts, whether it be going Disney Cruise Line, Run Disney, just whatever Disney in your 
you know, various life, uh, we like to give you some little tip to finish off each show. Hopefully it will help you uh, to have a better vacation, a better trip, uh, have more fun with your family. And so, and we always start with Michelle because one, she has the best tips. There's no (laughs) question about it. Hands down, the best tips. And she's also just wonderful, lovely, and everybody loves her. And so we always have to get to her first. So without any further ado, here's Michelle's tip of the week. Oh, I'm so lucky. You're so sweet. Thanks, honey. Um, so kind of talking about uh, my trip and thinking about that as a tip is, you know, obviously the holidays are among the busiest time of year for the Disney parks. And so having a solid plan before you get to the parks can really help benefit you in ensuring that you you know you have a great time. So here's some ideas you want you may want to consider. Um, one is preparing for your day's flow, and you know that, like I mentioned, with a solid plan is knowing what are your must dos or the things that you or the people in your, in your group want to do, and really looking at it in advance, knowing what show times are and deciding what the flow is going to be for the day. That can really be helpful. Um, I know that we've made the mistake even recently on some trips where we didn't go into it with a lot of planning and we thought we would get to everything and we missed some shows because of timing. And if we, I know if we had researched it better, we, we could have gotten to everything we wanted to. So that would be one thing is preparing how your flow will go. Um, and the next thing is understanding and realizing everything is going to take a lot longer than usual. Yes, give yourself a buffer there because <laughs> exactly. you, you you cannot just go, okay, it's this, 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 and this. They, you know, Give a little leeway in between there because whether it has to go to the restroom right. or I'm hungry, I need to stop and get a pretzel or a churro or whatever else, something's going to sidetrack you or there's just going to be people in your way, a parade in your way. Uh, something could sidetrack exactly. you and you, you don't want to miss that show you really want to see because you just didn't set it up by five minutes difference. Right, right. right. Well, even, you know, um, going from, you know, parking to actually Mm -hmm. getting into the parks, you know, on busy times like this, it can really take easily an hour. Oh, uh, yeah. Any of the transportation, you just never know. Sometimes uh, they give you, they do pretty good job of keeping you track of the buses and when they're going to be showing up. But we've seen the times change when we're sitting there like, okay, it says it's going to be here in 17 minutes. Why does it say 27 minutes now? Right, you know, right, I mean, it, exactly. It, things happen. There's traffic out there. You, you never know. So right. be prepared for that. And we've even seen going to Disneyland Park that, you know, when we've gone without realizing it's grad night and going there oh. in the evening. <laughs> And like, oh my gosh, we had to wait for like five or six buses before we could get from the parking lot to, mm-hmm. you know, the entrance. And then security was enormous. So again, understanding that, especially to the start of your day, that you want to build in that buffer, like you're saying, um, to get into the parks on time um, and just everything throughout the day. It also allows you if you, I mean, let's, let's say you're doing really well time-wise. They, having that buffer in there gives you a little bit more of a breathing time to, you know, if you want to get that churro, right. or, you know, you need to, you can stop for that extra restroom break or take a couple extra pictures. You know, that buffer is yes. good for in many regards for that, you. That, good point. Good point. Um, the next thing is... Consider bringing a phone battery charger, especially if you're going to be there, you know, from morning till evening, if you're not going back to a a hotel or anything like that. Because, you know, whether you're using MaxPass or some of the Disney Park apps, they can really take their toll out on a phone's battery. And you don't want to find yourself without the juice, you know, in a critical time when you need it. 
you know. And the other thing kind of going along with that, and this is kind of old-fashioned, hearing my dad whenever we would go to Disney, <laughs> he would always say, have a plan to meet up if, if you somehow get separated. And again, in this day and age with phones and everything, you think, oh, pfft. No problem. I'll just call them or text them and, you know, we'll get meeting up. But again, if your phone goes dead, you, you're not going to have that way to connect. And, and I don't know about everybody else, but I think there's only about two or three people that I know their phone number. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I know your phone number and I can't tell you if I know anybody else's right, phone right. number. Right, right. Actually, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. I, I it's would, amazing I know yours because it's not like I look it up. I just happen to know it. I know. I mean, even, clo- you know, I'm embarrassed to say this. I don't know my mom's phone number because she moved several years ago and, you know, my sister. And, and so it would be one of those, okay, if I had to borrow somebody's phone, I'd have to first call you you to look up another number or whatever. But anyway, um, so, you know, just the idea of having that security that if your phone, you know, does lose its, its juice or power, you know, that you're not kind of stuck there. And the last thing is to have your best calming mantra ready. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Right? And just remember, you're in the happiest place on earth. And, you know, there are going to be things that might not go the way you expected or the way you wanted. But again, you're in a great location. And, you know, just... Take that time to zen out. If things aren't going quite the way you wanted, you missed something, you, you dropped your ice cream or whatever, you know, it, it's just still you're at Disney parks and you're, you're there and, and everything is so, can be so great. So, yeah. so those are my tips trying to help make the, the holiday visit to the park a, a more memorable and enjoyable trip that you can have. I love that. And those were all great tips and yes yeah, so the key is it is like take it all in yes plan ahead of time but make sure you give yourself some time to be able to take it easy relax enjoy the park and yes that mantra because yes there could be crazy people running around people that aren't maybe the most friendly people out right. there um sometimes everything won't go exactly right but Yes, remember where you are. Remember right. that it, any day at the parks is better, a billion times better than any day at work. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, so just enjoy yourself. And great tips again, Michelle. Well, like you. I said, Michelle, best tips. <laughs> best You're tips. You're so sweet. You're so sweet. My you tip, great tips. My tip this week, it's, it's going to be, really, it's kind of a selfish tip this week because I'm going to talk about what I did yesterday. And uh, what I did yesterday was I went out and I ran... The Palace Verdes Half Marathon. Great job. Thank you. Impressive. It was the worst thing <laughs> I have ever done. It was the most excruciating thing, the most painful thing physically that I've ever done in my life. And that was a text, the first text you sent me. Oh, <laughs> I texted you. Um, I saw my cousins, who, by the way, invited me on this thing. They're like, yeah, we, we've been talking about running together for a long time. And they're like, yeah, come and do this thing with us. And I'm like, oh, great, yeah, let's go. We'll, we'll go do it. Fantastic. Um, and the first thing they said to me was, we're sorry. Because <laughs> it was hard for them, too. They were, they were faster than me. Um, it was, it was, it was, the, the reason was, it was, it was just, it was a very hilly course and it was incredibly hilly. Uh, it was right on the coast, beautiful sights and everything, but it was incredibly hilly course. And, um, I did not send a personal record for speed <laughs> because of many reasons, including that my legs were cramping up for like the last three miles of it. Um, well, didn't you say you had to go up a steep incline on the last? Like it was like, uh, 11 at the 11th mile. It wow. was super like crazy steep. 
crazy steep. So I didn't set a personal record time-wise. I did set some personal records. I did set personal records for elevation uh, change, which was over 1,000 feet, by the way. That's insane. Uh, calories burnt in one race, which was like 2,500 calories, five, almost 6,000 for the entire day. Wow. And curses for my cousin that uh, <laughs> when I saw them at the finish line, um, definitely a PR for that. Uh, so anyway, that leads me to my, t- by the way, you know, I'm happy I finished it and it was great. Yeah. And I was wearing Captain America gear and, and you know, in honor of Stan Lee passing this uh, week. So I and, hope to have some pictures up uh, soon. As, and you finished it. I finished it. And there's also one thing that I'm going to take back to our show for just a couple episodes ago when we talked about uh, run Disney race day tips <laughs> was that. I was dying for most of this race, about mile six. I'm like, why couldn't I have a nice flat run Disney course? <laughs> why am I on this course? But throughout it, even though I was suffering, I was cramping up, I think I should have some great pictures because whenever there was a photographer around, I had a <laughs> smile on, one arm in the air. So I should have some great pictures out of it. And that's what you want when you get right. these things. Anyway, um, my tip goes to the fact that, and it goes back to this, I sort of studied this course, but I didn't study it close enough. And that's what you need to do when you go to enter these races or when you're uh, getting ready to actually run them. Study the course well going into it. Uh, Look into the different places where you will have water uh, possibilities. We've already talked about this in that same episode I was Mm -hmm. talking about, Run Disney Race Day. Uh, Where the bathrooms are, so you know where that might be. Where you might be uh, be able to fuel with whatever food or whatever item you bring along with you or if they have fueling there. Um, know where the most difficult portions of the race are so you can know when you might be able to run, but some other parts where you may want to slow down and take it in. Know where the best uh, photo opportunities are. So if you maybe, you know, if you're running backstage at the parks or, you know, on some of the uh, highways that interconnect the resorts uh, throughout there, uh, maybe you run a little bit more there, but when you're in some of the best parts of the park, you may want to take more pictures of the right, sites or right. the characters around, take those. Uh, just basically kind of know what you're getting into ahead of time. Uh, study of the course, and that's where I fell fall short of what I needed to do for this last race is I knew that there were hills. I heard people tell me that there were hills. I didn't know these hills were going to be these hills <laughs> through this track. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, like I said, it was it was the toughest thing I've done, but I'm happy to have done it, and uh, now I can never have to do it again. Yeah. Well, I'm super proud of you, and that tip wasn't selfish. That was a great, great tip for people that, that you know, really can benefit others, too. Well, I was selfish that I wanted to share my experience well, on it but you should uh, yeah. it was great great that you did it yeah no so. it was it was good that uh we did it and it was good to be with my cousins i got to spend a little time with them and they only live a couple hours away from me but i don't see them uh nearly as much as i would like so that was good about it um well it's exciting we're going to be uh vacationing with one of them and their families yeah. and bringing them on their very first visit to Walt Disney World. Yeah, that's that June trip we've been talking about throughout right. this episode. We, they will be joining us for their first time experiencing the Walt Disney World Resort. So looking forward to that. So anyway, that's it for this week. But before we go, uh, we, you know, it is Mickey Mouse's birthday. So we need yeah. to finish out with a little bit of fun before we sign off here. So let's get a little bit... Uh, 
the leader of the club that's made for you and me. Yes, happy birthday to the great, great Woo-hoo! Mickey Mouse. 90 years young today. Nice. Doesn't look a day over 25. I'm right. Sorry. He never ages. It's incredible. Uh, I need incredible. his facial cream. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. And Minnie, too, because Minnie's yeah. also turning 90. So, And she looks stunning as always. Always yeah. fashion plate. Love so. her wardrobe. Uh, so we, we couldn't leave without saying one more happy birthday to the great, great Mickey Mouse, which we, you know, without Mickey, we would not be doing this podcast, I don't right. think. At least our subject would be a lot different. That's for sure. <laughs> and even Walt said it all started with it a mouse. It all started with a mouse. So uh, very, very happy birthday to the leader of the club that's made for you and me. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. <laughs> and we won't sing anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're happy about that. Yes. Uh, so that wraps up this week. Next week, uh, we're going to have another spoiler-free movie review for you. We're going tomorrow night to go see Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yay. That's exciting. Uh, again, it'll probably be similar to this week where many of you will... Uh, hopefully have seen it over the Thanksgiving holiday at some point, and then we can kind of share it all together. Uh, we'd love to hear your input on what you think of it uh, once you get the chance to see it in theaters coming up here this week. But, so looks so good. Yeah, I cannot wait. We're excited to go see yeah. that uh, this coming week. So uh, if you'd like to tell us what you think of Ralph Breaks the Internet or what you thought of, uh, for that matter, uh, Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald, we'd love to hear it. You can find us on social media at Hyperion Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. You can email us, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. I'm telling you that we are... Actually, part of the writing staff from WDW News Today, even though it doesn't seem like it because we haven't released a lot of stories. But believe me, there will be some stories coming from us eventually. We're just very busy and we haven't gotten around to it. But we enjoy uh, working with them and seeing all the great stories that they have coming out, including some of the stories we talked about today. Uh, You found us today. Uh, You can find us in the future on 1057max.com under the Max Plus tab. Or under the on the uh, Max FM app, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you subscribe to us, it's great for you. Uh, it just come whenever we have a new episode; it'll just come right to your phone or device. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to find us. They'll just be there for you. And if you have the yeah. shot, if you have a chance, please uh, just give us a little rating. You know, just click on one of the stars, whichever one you want to do. And uh, a review would even be better if you have a little more time and want to you know, tell some people that uh, you like this podcast or what you think about this podcast. And it, it would help a lot of other people like you uh, find us, discover us, and uh, we can grow this Hyperion Adventurer family even larger because yeah. we love all of our Hyperion Adventurers. Right. So, and thank you all for listening to us out there. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
this. Uh, enjoy it with your families. I know sometimes it's a little difficult, but try <laughs> and enjoy it with your families. Have some good times. Go out and see Ralph Breaks the Internet, and uh, we will see you next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.